Welcome back. Good day to you, man. Feeling good today. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we're going to be at the historic Rock Stop in Kenosha. Right off of uh, 94. And uh, excited about it. Brought to you by Bud Light. Six to eight tonight, the Bill Michaels Huddle. Previewing what's upcoming tomorrow. Looking around the rest of the NFL as well. So excited for tonight. Come on down and say hi. Again, we'll be at the Broad Stop tonight in Kenosha. Six to eight. Come on down. You can get some food down there. Uh, no music tonight. Just sports on the television. But uh, you can come down tonight and enjoy yourself and hang out with us for a little while at the Broad Stop. I'm really looking forward to it. I love the Broad Stop. Love going there. It's kind of a haul for me. A haul for a lot of people, unless, of course, you live in that area. But it's such a fun place. Such a historically great place. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, here's something for you. The uh, the Bucks are back in action. And they have got the uh, what they call the city edition of the jersey coming up uh, for the Curry, which is the blue gathering place jersey. Okay? Uh, the Cream City jersey became kind of popular. A lot of people I, I see around town wearing that, that Cream City color jersey. And it, it does pay homage to the Cream City brick and, the and, you know, kind of that, that moniker that's been hung on the city of Milwaukee and a lot of the area in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, so people wanted them to bring back the Cream City jerseys. They can't. As much as fans love it, they bought it. They were out buying the jerseys, buying the jackets, buying the hats, buying anything and everything that was Cream City. Love it. The problem is that that color, that Cream City color with the green, uh, now they have digitally put logos on the court, in case you didn't notice. Some of the logos you see on the court today are not permanently entrenched on the court. They're actually digital logos. And because the court is tan, the logos are made to go with the tan and that Cream City color. So they can't do it anymore. They can't use that jersey color anymore. That's the reason why. I had a few people ask me about that today. They say, did you hear that uh, they're going with a blue instead of the Cream City? And uh, I said, yeah, but it's it's not for what you think. It's not because they don't want to do it. It's because they can't. Technically, they can't. It interferes with the technology that they use for that that digital insertion for the advertisements on the on a television broadcast. So it would be like, uh, you know, like, when, you know, when a, you ever seen a meteorologist that wears green? for whatever reason, and then gets in front of the green screen, and suddenly they've got the, the clouds and the sun and everything else going across their body. It's because they wore a green suit. It's meant to be that green screen background. Same thing now with the uh, the Cream City uniform. So I love them, too. I thought it was a cool look. I like the, uh, the tribute, if you will. But now they're going with the blue gathering place jerseys and the blue court. I've been seeing pictures of it all day on Facebook. So they must have it in and ready to go. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, boy, did everybody, like, hold their breath the other night when Giannis went down with the ankle? Grabbing the ankle, looked like he was in pain. You could hear a pin drop, by the way, the other night when that happened. You could hear. It was just this collective. <gasps> and everybody's just waiting. Please get up and walk. 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 And he finally did. And then, you know, everybody kind of breathed a little bit easier. Nothing detrimental there, but still. And it's going to happen time to time. It's just the nature of basketball. I don't think there's anybody that's ever played the game of basketball that didn't have an ankle injury at some point where you just roll it on somebody. Um, Mark says, have you seen a lot of the Hoosier advertisements on social media lately? 
It's all because basketball is back. Um, yeah, I have, as a matter of fact. Thank you very much, but I have. Um, which, by the way, Hoosiers love that movie. Love that movie. Always have. Always have. Little corny, little hokey, you know, at times. But for the most part, great movie. Great movie. No doubt about it. Um, by the way, here's what we do know. The uh, Packer or next-gen stats when Rodgers threw that 58-yard touchdown pass to Christian Watson, the first one, he had an air distance of 51 yards, the longest completion by air distance for Rodgers this season, and the first deep touchdown pass allowed by the Cowboys this year. And on the second deep touchdown pass, Rodgers passed Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks for the most deep touchdown pass, a six, since week six after throwing none in the first five games of the season. So there are tangible and obvious reasons for the Packers' investment and faith in Christian Watson, the, uh, the extent to which uh, Watson is able to repay it uh, here and now might decide how far the Packers actually go on the comeback trail. There you go. But good stuff. And just being dropped on us is the Brewers' spring training schedule. How about that? Looking at March, March 1st, the Angels, they're at home. I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but they got the Angels, the Rangers, Cleveland, San Francisco, all that kind of stuff. You see March 8th? March 8th? Great Britain. Oh, no, I didn't see that. GBR. (laughs) The Brewers versus the Brits. Uh, yeah, is that the who is who is that? Is that is that what is GBR? I'm trying to think. No, they're they're playing a team from Great Britain. Oh, is that is that real? Oh, okay. Oh yeah. There you go, GBR. I thought you were playing a joke on me. It was like the Guardians or something. I'm thinking no, Guardians are CLE. It's Cleveland. A team from Great Britain. Okay, well there'd be a lot of tea served that day, I guess. Or maybe you know who knows? Maybe they come over and they just drink a boatload of uh, boatload of warm beer. You ever been over overseas? Ben? I, yeah, I have. Lived have out you? there for a bit. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Now, are you a warm beer guy or a cold beer guy? I enjoyed cold generally. Yeah, believe it or yeah, not. Me too. Uh, the colder, the better. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. That's why uh, if you drink like Peroni. Anybody that serves Peroni on tap, you always see that big, big ass Peroni machine. It, it's got a chiller in it because Peroni's got to be served. They, you know, Peroni's real, very anal about their beer. They got to serve it at a certain temperature. Uh, in a lot of Italian restaurants, they serve it at a certain temperature. That's the reason they have those big Peroni lit up, freezing chiller tapper heads. That's the reason why, because they want to serve it at a particular temperature. I like my beer to be fifteen dollars at baseball games. Yeah, I like my beer to be two fifty at best and very cold. And if it's out of bottle, I don't care. I don't care. Pretty much everywhere I go, uh, Kristen does, I know, but everywhere I go, I'm packing a koozie of some type. I always have one in my back pocket, usually, if I'm going to be uh, imbibing that night. That way you don't get the condensation, keeps your fingers uh, moisture-free if you're going to smoke a cigar. Oh, yeah, you know, always travel with that, that koozie, and then you know, like your beer, colder the better. Even in, even in wintertime cold beer just goes down so much better 
Well, we've also reached the point in the year, definitely where you and I live down here, where you could leave your beer outside and it stays cold. Yes, that you are correct, 100%. Now, it's like when people have parties in the wintertime, such as when we have, you know, the holiday party, um, there are, you know, I will leave instead of storing down in the refrigerators and in the coolers and the storage cabinets and the liquor cabinet, I will leave stuff in the garage because the garage, I don't, the garage doesn't freeze, but it's a lot colder than what the house is. And it'll stay right about 40 degrees or about 35 degrees in there. So, yeah, start leaving it outside, but don't leave it outside too. And I got it. That's the other thing I got to do. I got to go out to the Tiki bar and, uh, and unload the refrigerator out there. I haven't done that yet. And once you get a couple of those nights where you get really cold, like you'll get 10 degrees for three straight days and it doesn't get higher than freezing, then by the time you go out there, you've got a lot of busted bottles inside the refrigerator. So I got to clean that thing out yet, too. Another thing to do it to add to the list before uh, before things get too out of hand and I haven't done my job. Uh, this is from Mark. Mark says, looking forward to coming down to the uh, broad stop tonight, but have to stop off at White Castles first. You're killing me. You're killing me. Right now, I'm kind of watching what I'm eating, and I've been good, healthy, doing uh, all the pre- pre-planned meals and the soups and all that stuff. And I, I mean, I'm not starving or anything by any stretch, but I'm just trying to eat healthy. And knowing that I've got certain events coming up, I plan for them, which means I have to cut out the other crap. I can't do whatever I want to do. And yeah, Scott, uh, that that stopping over at uh, White Castles is one of them. I would love to go in for about four double cheeseburgers and a big bag of the crinkle cut fries. Oh, you're killing me! But I can't. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eyes from Ken. Ken says, uh, "Can the Packers continue this? Sure, they can. Will they? No. We've seen too many cracks with this team. Too many times with too many breakdowns. They haven't played a complete game yet this season. They do, they've done it once, and now we're all jumping back on the bandwagon. Let's keep it real, people. This is a bad football team with a bad head coach, a bad defensive coordinator, and a quarterback that's an ego-driven person. This is going to be nothing more than a brief period of time with hope, and then we're crashing back down in reality." Welcome to the new year. Ken, you are a giant Debbie Downer, man. Thanks for the email. But, man, you're you're probably a pretty much a realist, and I get that. But you're a giant Debbie Downer. At least allow us a little time to believe. I get it because I'm kind of with you. I said, hey, one game does not a season make. you got to stack success. But that's that's like, you know, kick to the crotch of reality right there. That's hoist your, hoist your beanbag there. Poof, right there. Man, 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a call, you can. Phone line's wide open. Uh, this one is from uh, Piston Dave, who says, uh, I believe the Packers are going to get the win tomorrow night. However, they aren't going to win in Philadelphia. They're not going to win in Miami, and they're going to get beat by the Vikings, and that will be enough to keep them out of the postseason. But at least they'll give us a little bit of something to talk about. Piston Dave, thank you very much. At least you're trying to give me the, the 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 upward beat that I need. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> one more, and this is Craven. Craven says, uh, "Well, let's look at it this way. At least they're not as bad as the Badgers." Craven just piling on that Badger uh, Badger defeatist bandwagon. Badgers win this weekend, Ben. Ugh. it depends who's playing quarterback for Nebraska. Bowl bowl eligibility on the line. I think they win this weekend and lose to Minnesota. 
You get beat by Nebraska and get beat by Minnesota. It is a really rough offseason, isn't it? I mean, it already kind of is. You have a new head coach. Players are probably going to leave. Like, I've looked at it in kind of a, I don't know how much it all matters, sense of view, because, number one, the team's gone through so much with um, the mm-hmm. passing of the running backs coach, Chris getting fired, and the recent news with Devin Chandler, I, yeah. where, like, the flaws on the field that got Paul Chris fired are still there. It's not like Paul uh, Leonard fixed them within a week. So if they, like, that's what happened against Iowa. If they go out and lose the last two games, it's because this was a team very flawed coaching staff, maybe a little questionable. And Jim Leonard can't fix that when he takes over his interim. I, so then, okay. So then what happens in the off season? We all believe uh, that, uh, that Jim Leonard has a job, right? Yes. Okay. So then what in the off season, what is going to turn this thing around in one off season's time. Well, the most important thing was what I was talking about when Chris got fired is hiring a new staff because this staff has not really worked. Leonard's obviously a defensive guy, so I trust him with that side of the ball. But the question is, who does he bring in as offensive coordinator? How does he construct the staff? How does he attack the portal? Like 10 years ago, if you go through this change, it's a lot different. It's a lot harder to build the roster. These days, they have a lot of talent there. You hope you don't lose that much of it. And then the holes on the roster can more easily be plugged by the transfer portal. So there's mm-hmm. a path out there to be quite good next year. I I hope you're right. I hope that they can. But I, I, I agree with you. I really believe that Jim Leonard's got the job regardless. Uh, much of the chagrin of some that are out there in uh, Madison, but I think for the most part he's got the job and – I, I'm just looking forward to next year. What do you do with the quarterback position? Next year is also the last year of the Big Ten West, likely. Right. So probably their last best chance to get to Indy and win the Big Ten. So they got to capitalize. Um, yeah. But it all starts with the quarterback. As much as you want to talk about anything else, it starts with the quarterback. It does. So now we'll see. I, I think the most important thing he'll do in his whole tenure is who he hires as offensive coordinator this offseason because that'll dictate yeah. so much of how the team performs. Um, yeah, um, and how quickly they can get it in. You know, obviously it's a little different with, you know, colleges, the way they do things and spring ball and all that kind of stuff, but how quickly they can get it in. Um, but I just, God, you need a couple of weapons that you can legitimately say they've got good receivers, a good quarterback, another good tight end, get back to Wisconsin football offensive lines that can open up holes. They run 300, 325. I know there's a whole trend right now getting these smaller, more athletic guys, but there is still something to be said about the footwork and the agile uh, ability of a guy that's a road grader at 310 pounds that can still move mountains it just it it's it's been too dysfunctional for too long. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Hang in there. We'll be back after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Stoley's Hog Alley. I was just texting with uh, with Jeff the other day, and uh, I'd asked him, I said, when are you going to finally open up the renovation? Uh, because they did a lot of it, and then they had to close it down to finish off the inside. And <clears throat> the outside pictures are amazing. I can't wait to open this thing up. And he said, we're hoping around Christmas time. So that will be a hell of a Christmas gift. So I told him, I said, what you do is let me know. And then maybe we'll go, we'll go over there and maybe do the show there that day when they open that thing back up. We did it for when uh, Dan Della finally got his renovation done over at uh, Social House. And a lot of these people support the program, and they're great places to go anyway. So maybe we go do that. But uh, Stoley's Hog Alley getting ready to open here in about a month, uh, about a month left before Stoley's Hog Alley opens back up. In the meantime, don't forget about Stoll's Old 109 as well up in Watertown. Two terrific places and cannot wait to get back to the Friday Fish Fry over at uh, Stoley's Hog Alley. Good, good stuff. Um, here's my question, and, and Ben, you and I were talking about this off the air uh, a little bit, but uh, at what point, now, I know that there's a lot riding on what, what is going to happen with Graham Mertz uh, in this offseason. But I I want to see that kid from Franklin at Miles Burkett. I want to see him get an opportunity. I know he's a freshman. I get all that. But, look, right now I think it's got the, – the quarterback position for the Badgers has got to be an open position, an open competition going into spring ball this year, hasn't it? Yeah, I guess my only pushback would be at this point – the times we've seen Badger quarterbacks really struggle is when they're out there too early. It happened with Jack Cohn in 2018. He wasn't ready. He was thrust in there because of injury. It happened with Mertz in 2020. So I, he's a true freshman, so I don't expect it to be next year. Like, he'll get a shot. I, mm. I don't see how, and if they do have a competition, I don't expect him to win the job against Mertz. The, the variable there is do they bring someone else in. Right. And if you do bring them in, are you letting them know it's for a year? See, that's the problem. When you got a guy as a true freshman, and you, you with the transfer portal being what it is, and this is a guy that, for all intents and purposes, for the first time in a long time, I mean, a real standout, big-time, big-arm, big-size quarterback coming out of the state of Wisconsin is sitting there and being groomed and waiting in the ready. And everybody believes he's got all the talent to be to be really good. Now, I don't know if he's you know, going to be, you know, great if, you know, we, we don't know. But there's a lot of anticipation for this kid. And if that guy is going to get a legitimate shot to be the quarterback, then why, if I'm a transfer thinking about coming in, why am I coming in for that? You know what I mean? That is the question. That's why they're kind of, or their hands are tied a bit, more so with Mertz being still there. Yeah, I think a transfer would see the Burkett situation and be fine with it and know that he'll win the job for a year and then maybe Burkett takes over. But when it comes to Mertz still being there, three-year starter, I mean, he's gotten better this year, not obviously as much as you know, Not as much like. as anybody would have needed, liked, wanted, you know, whatever. It just it hasn't materialized. But the line still kind of stinks. Like the, there was a, there's a lot going wrong there right. that I'm not all going to put on him. No, I understand that. So I don't but I don't know how attractive of a destination it would be for a transfer compared to other schools. Yeah. I I agree with that. I I don't think there's any reason for a guy that's right now a true freshman 
he's got a year into practice. He's got a year into learning. He's got a year into film. He's got a year in with the coaching staff. He's got a year into training with the body and working with the trainers to build him up. I, he's, he, he knows the guys. I don't think there's any reason that I would not give him a legitimate shot at winning the starting job for the Badgers. I, I just I, – I, I don't think there's any legitimate reason because you, you are – at this point in time, I don't think you can look at Graham Mertz and go, yeah, you got the job. He may have done everything you asked him to do, but either you screwed him up so bad that all the anticipation and everything he was thought to be never came to fruition because of your inability to, to, to give him tutelage, or his ceiling was so far lower than anybody had predicted that, eh, it is what it is. You know, he had a nice career. He got a good education, we hope. You know, thanks for being here. Thanks for playing. Talk to you soon. But I think in the world of winning football, money at stake, and all that kind of stuff, I to me... It's a wide-open competition, and if that's what you – because you, all you're telling them is, at least when you go out and recruit these guys for the most part, is that you're going to get every opportunity. Now, some guys, obviously, with egos, you know, they're coming in thinking they're the stars. But, you know, if I'm a senior and you're not playing the best guy and we all can look at each other and know you're not playing the best guy, I don't want to play for that head coach. I'm a senior now, and your base, especially if I'm an offensive senior, you're screwing my opportunity to win. You're screwing my opportunity, say, to be more recognized. Maybe to, if I got, you know, going to the NFL aspirations, and I know I have that kind of a talent, I've got to fight through a poor record because of your inability to sit a guy who doesn't really deserve to be there when another guy has done everything he can to be there. He's just ready to get his opportunity. And if you're not going to open up the competition, then what the hell kind of coach are you? You're nothing more than a puppet and a, and a mouthpiece for the seniors and the guys that get older throughout the program. I think that's garbage, too. And Jim Leonard, he, he he's a guy that worked his ass off to get those opportunities. So he knows what it takes. So I can, I wouldn't believe that he would not open up the competition for the quarterback uh, for the Badgers going into next season. Knowing where you're – right now, you're, you got nothing. Right? Yeah, so one part of it is, and I guess it will play into what you're talking about, Graham Mertz was a Paul Christ guy. And Chris, the end of his tenure was no doubt tied to how Mertz performed because that's Mm -hmm. the big ticket quarterback. He brought in a whole new staff to help him. Leonard taking over, he's not tied to Mertz like Chris was when it comes to recruiting and the performances tailing off and all that. I don't know. I trust Jim Leonard to make the best decision when it comes to this. But again, it depends on who's coaching him because the offense has been bad flat out for three years. Every time they play yeah. a good defense, they stink. You'd say that about the line. They don't have they're not special enough a receiver, tight end everywhere. None of it works. So the question is who does he bring in to actually craft a good offense? Because Mer- Mertz is pretty good when it all works and then he gets right. the crap beat out of him at Iowa and it looks bad. Yeah, I uh I look at it as you're three and four. Five and five overall. You got you, you're barely at this point even breathing bowl eligibility, and and, and looking over that fence. And you still got to win another game to even get there. And this season has gone embarrassingly bad. You have nobody. There's probably a handful of guys that you know what your starters are going to be for certain for next year. But beyond that, I, at that point, a five and five record, everything's open. Co- including coaches, obviously, but everything's open, in my opinion. 
because there's nobody that's locked down a job at this point. You, you're, you're like, no, 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 no. A five and five team? You're kidding me, right? You're going to say, no, these guys are locked in? I mean, there's, like I said, there's a handful of guys that are, that are really solid, noticeable, recognizable players. The, that, that works. But for the rest of it, no, nah, it's wide open. I mean, at least they don't play Ohio State next year. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's true. Do they? No, they play them at home. Yeah, they do play them. I they know. do. They have them at home. Yeah, I've already had people call me for tickets for that game. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, they, they play them at home. At least it's well, October twenty eighth. So maybe yeah, there's some weather. Yeah, let's hope it matters. Let's hope it matters at that point. You know, let's hope that you know, much like years gone by, when when both teams came into Camp Randall and were undefeated, and the Badgers got them. Let's hope that it matters, and it's not you know the Badgers are trying to get their first one of the season or something stupid like that. And then, Bill, you look at 2024, guess who comes into Madison? Uh, Michigan? The Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, is Alabama even Alabama anymore? With what, two, three losses? Saban might not be there, but player-wise, they will be. Saban's still complaining about the process, about, you know, paying for players and, you know, the portal and... You know, the NIL, and he's still complaining about all of that. So I do like the fact that, I mean, Paul Paul Feinbaum hates him, doesn't he? I don't listen. I, I don't pay attention to Paul Feinbaum. I, I listen to Paul. I don't listen to Paul all the time, but I do listen when I'm in the car and I'm listening to XM. And I do hear Paul. And, and he, I, I think it was Saban's just attitude that he basically anointed himself to God and nobody could touch him. And Paul Feinbaum. Took a lot of umbrage to that, and rightfully so. But Paul is just like, you know, I was listening to him, was it um, yesterday or Monday? And he's like, oh, you know, the emperor has no clothes. Uh, he's passed his time has passed him by. And, all, you know, I'm like, wow, it's a it's a down year, you know. <laughs> it's three losses, and suddenly time has passed you by. It's like, holy mackerel, compared to what Alabama's been in very recent past. I don't count Nick Saban out for very long, but there are teams out there that have kind of closed the gap, and even in the SEC, and Georgia looks really, really good, and you would assume that there's going to be a couple a couple others. It's cyclical in the SEC. At some point, you're going to get Florida back again. LSU uh, already yeah, back. LSU is back, you know, and it pains me to say that because I hate that SOB, <laughs> Brian Kelly over there. I can't I'm, – I'm not kidding you. I can't stand him. Have you heard his postgame pressers? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. God, he's such an ass. I just, I just, all I want him to do is throw some kind of backyard Cajun barbecue and accidentally fall into the swamp and get eaten by an alligator. That's what I want. He's a winner. Yeah. Oh, my. He is. He is. I'll give him credit for that. He is a winner. But, uh, God, it's just that southern draw when he was, he's just such a nerd and just a southern northerner. God, I can't stand him. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. More complaining to go on right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Enjoying the day. Hopefully you are as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stenny's, second to National Walker's Point 
Uh, if you want to shuttle to the game tonight uh, down at the Fiserv Forum, head down to Stenny's. They can shuttle you over. Uh, by the way, wish our buddy Billy, who's the bus driver down there, the best, uh, recovering from some heart surgery. Uh, but such a great guy. I love Billy. Uh, he's He's been a, for a longtime friend. He's the bus driver down there. He is just he's a, one of the, a, a rider that supports our Fisher House ride every year. I see him in Tomahawk quite often when we go up. We've all stayed together. Uh, him and his buddies, and just uh, love that guy. So I uh, wish him nothing but the best, too. He had some surgery. But, uh, yeah, head down to Stenny, second in National Walker's Point. The cheers of Milwaukee, and Milwaukee's best sports bar. But head on in there, catch the shuttle over and back, get some great food to go. You're good to go. That's our friends at Stenny. Hey, um, <clears throat> lawsuit filed today that uh, a bunch of celebrities, including Tom Brady, as if his life isn't, you know, kind of just trying to get back on track and, then finding out that he's in Germany and his ex-wife, instead of she's kind of grieving their marriage, no, no, she's in Costa Rica with a new dude. And uh, she's also, by the way, uh, named in the lawsuit. But uh, Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, um, you know, Larry David uh, from Seinfeld, uh, Shark Tank personality, Kevin O'Leary, David Ortiz, Otani. Um, I just, I can go on and on. But however... Apparently, um, there is a, a guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, and a number of the celebrities uh, of the FTX Corporation, which is a trader of crypto uh, currency. Apparently, all these celebrities said how great it was. Man, you got to go crypto. We're going to take our money in crypto. We're going to get paid in crypto. Remember that? And uh, crypt crypto is still out there. It's not going anywhere. Crypto, Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff. But... It was it was funny because it was like no more a after Aaron Rodgers said got to go crypto and Bitcoin that everything started to die. Uh, right after that, we saw the beginning of the inflation and everything just started to die. So anyway, um, apparently the lawsuit states that FTX and every uh, celebrity mentioned appeared in some type of ad for FTX as well. And in doing so, uh, they misled invest investors who were, you know, not knowledgeable of crypto, but basically saying, hey, let them take care of it. Just give them the money. It's going to invest. It's We do it. We're making millions. You should do it, too, that type of thing. FTX right now owes their consumers $11 billion dollars. $11 billion. There's a chance that the number by the time it could all be done could be zero, but even if that's the case, FTX's failure, um, uh, yet another example that fans shouldn't get financial advice from NFL stars or celebrities for that matter, but basically said that FTX was kind of a scam company. That was, kind of, I don't want to say pyramid, but they were taking money, from people who didn't really know anything about it and saying, let us handle it, we'll take care of it for you. A little bit of risk, but all these people say it's great. And then, you know, they take your money and give it to somebody else to say, see, we're paying you back. And that's kind of what happened. So on top of everything else, now Tom Brady is the headline name in a lawsuit filed against a crypto company because he was telling everybody how great crypto and all that other stuff was. So I still see some Bitcoin. I, I think Quick Trip has like ATM machines for Bitcoin. 
in in their uh, the kiosks in their stores, some of them anyway. But I I don't. It, it was for a while I'd see them, and like the the gas station up the street, the Bitcoin machine's gone. It's not there anymore. The ATM machine. So a lot of that stuff all of a sudden, as quick as it came on, gone. And I don't even begin to claim to know anything about it. I'm just saying, all of a sudden it died. So there you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to hear from um, uh, Christian Watson. Some of his thoughts. He caught up with the media yesterday. I want to get some of his thoughts uh, after we come back and leave us enough time for that. So hang in there. Uh, final segment of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for Thursday night football and the Tennessee Titans tomorrow night here at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers says he's friends with Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. It's a toughness that, that Mike brings. You know, they, they play really hard. They got uh, like 29 sacks, three guys with five plus sacks. They're number one in the league in the third down, top 10 in the red zone. And, you know, the expectations, I'm sure, for them are, are really, really high. I keep in touch with Mike throughout the year, and they lost their first two games. And I think, you know, just like happens in this league, there's probably overreactions and what the hell's going on and what are we going to do. And I think they rattled off like, you know, five or six wins in a row and kind of quieted everybody up. But they, they obviously have a really good football team, and Mike's a great coach. On defense, the Packers will have to deal with number 22, running back Derrick Henry, six foot three, 247 pounds. Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry. This guy is the most unique just because not only the things that he can do with the ball in his hands, but just his his simple size. I mean, simply how big he is. You know, he literally looks like Preston Smith when, you know, he breaks the huddle. The Packers cut both their punt and kick returners, Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill. That opens the door for Keyshawn Nixon, who says sometimes a change of scenery helps. You know, you never know. Like, sometimes people always think, like, somebody get cut and it's, like, the end of the world, but... Sometimes somebody goes somewhere else, it's a fresh start. You know, it's just like me. I, I play 10 times better here than I did any time. My all years with the Raiders just because fresh start, new team, new coaches. Like, you know, you're not like a new field. Like, I ain't never really played in the cold. I kind of like the little game day atmosphere in the cold. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just new juice. You never know what somebody else got going on to outside of football. Kylan Hill has been replaced at running back with Patrick Taylor off the practice squad. Matt LaFleur sending a message to his locker room on why Hill was let go even after suffering a torn ACL on a kick return last season. Um, well, it's a tough deal, but I would say this. You know, being a member of the Green Bay Packers, it, it's it's a privilege. I, I appreciate what Kylan's been through, and but regardless of your role, we expect guys to come to work and own that role to the best of their ability. And when you don't do that, this is what happens. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Thanks so much. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Burn Pit BBQ.com. That is Burn Pit BBQ.com. They were down at a, uh, an event yesterday at uh, Pottawatomie uh, in small business talking about the success story that they've been. They're, they're good people, man. Go to Burn Pit BBQ.com. And if you're looking for a gift box for Christmas for the barbecue lover in your life or just for great seasoning, sauces, and such for you and your family, that is a great way to go. Go to Burn Pit BBQ.com. 
BurnPitBBQ.com. BurnPitBBQ.com. Uh, Christian Watson uh, sat down, a, you know, all the media kind of caught up with him, and he talked about, uh, you know, after the three touchdowns against the Cowboys. So, kind of jokingly, now what do you do for an encore? Just got to keep on chopping. Gotta keep on chopping. Obviously, you know, got to stay on that incline, stay on that rise, uh, and just keep on building week to week. There you go. Keep on cho- keep on chopping that wood is what he's saying. Uh, thank God he didn't say keep on rowing that boat. Uh, does he anticipate, though, that he's now going to get, obviously, more defensive attention after what just happened? Um, I mean, it's not, you know, something that, you know, I'm, you know, asking for or begging for. You know, I hope that, obviously, uh, you know, my play on the field, you know, earns me, you know, more and more opportunities as the season goes on. Uh, so if that's the case, obviously, I'm, you know, happy to do that. But, uh, you know, each and every week I'm trying to own, uh, own my role uh, and earn my role. Um, the reaction, when you talk about, um, you know, guys that do really well, you're at a high and then the low comes because, uh, a guy like Amari Rogers, who was really liked by Randall Cobb and they were kind of rooting for him, but he just could never get it done. So what was the reaction uh, by the fellow receivers and such when Amari Rogers was told, you know, when everybody was told that he was gone? Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough for sure. Obviously. I mean, cause you build that bond, you build that, you know, brotherhood with the guys that, you know, you're working with every single day. Uh, so obviously it's tough to see him go, um, but you know I, I know that God's got a plan for everybody. So you know I know that um, you know he's he, he's putting the work to um, you know go on and, and do his thing. So you know I, I know he'll be in good hands. Um, he was asked, was there ever a time that you know after that opening drop in Minnesota, and then you know just some of the problems that he's had, just couldn't find his way on the field, and then getting injured and. And all of that. And don't get me wrong, it's not like he's crossed the finish line. Not like he's suddenly this massive star. It's just that he finally gave you the glimpse of what possibly could be. But was there ever a time that he just, you know, his confidence really began to wane? I mean, I'd, I'd say, you know, just here and there. But, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a quick bounce back. Uh, obviously, you know, got a lot of guys, you know, rallying around me. A lot of guys, you know, building that confidence back up in me. Um, and I mean, it's come down to a lot, a lot of self-talk too. Uh, you know, just lean back on my pre- preparation, lean back on my work, and just know that you know, uh, you know, drops are going to happen. Uh, you know, bad plays are going to happen, and uh, you just got to make the most of the next opportunity. Um, who has kind of been the mentor through all of this? I mean, you get through the knee surgery, you go through the surgery during camp, the hamstrings, the concussions, you, you know, got to drop balls. You know, everything Christian Watson's kind of gone through. And, again, he gets that, that moment in the sun. He's got that fame and celeb now because of what happened this past Sunday. But there's been a lot of the negative side of things, too. So who's been the most helpful to him inside that locker room? I mean, honestly, you know, everybody in the receiver room, um, you know, Kabi especially, um, you know, obviously with him being out, I mean, he was in my ear all game just, you know, making sure that I was good. Um, you know, obviously, Allen, um but I mean, really, really, everybody. I mean, the the coaches and and, and players, um, making sure that I was in the right mental space. Um, you know, the Cowboys game was a big game, and I keep, uh, I'm trying. What I'm trying to do is not to get out over my skis, like many of you. Try not to get too high. You just want to see if there's progress. You know, each week, you know what happens. Uh, because you can't do three touchdowns every week. Everybody knows that. But if you get just one, you move the change, you get some yards, you you stretch the defense. You know, will that Cowboys game will that help him moving forwards for the for the next time? You know, you you come out, you get a crossing pattern, and you drop it. Not that that not that you want to see that happen. But will that 
that that game against the Cowboys will that one propel you when you do have some negative you know plays in your game? Uh, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, just be able to go out there and uh, you know have that have that little splash and. Um, you know, be able to show everybody, you know, what I'm truly capable of. Obviously, you know, you see them practice, but, um, you know, practice doesn't mean anything if you don't carry it over to the game. So, uh, obviously, you know, be able to have that and, and, you know, just have, you know, have that, you know, to boost, to boost my own, you know, confidence as well. Um, it was definitely big. Um, you also got, you know, uh, downfield blocking, and it's one of the things that you do as a wide receiver, and, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, watching the Bills and the Vikings because they were talking about the downfield blocking of Justin Jefferson and what he did. So then you come back to the Packers game, and then the very next game you're watching Christian Watson downfield and A.J. Dillon downfield blocking for him. He's trying to block for them. He's trying, they're, they're working on not just catching the football but blocking, but then to talk about A.J. Dillon getting all the way downfield and helping him out. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was huge, obviously. Uh, I mean, they say it all the time. I mean, it's, it takes all 11. Uh, I mean, you, you see it you see it all the time, you know, in, in the run plays as well. Uh, I mean, those, those perimeter blocks are huge. And obviously in the, in the past game, um, you know, those blocks from the running backs are huge too. So definitely props to him. Uh, you know, props to, props to everybody. How's he feel? Uh, because a lot of guys do not like the short turnaround. So how does he feel after taking, you know, some shots from the Cowboys to then turn it right back around? When you're younger, I guess it's easier to do it, but... Uh, you know, you turn right back around, and then tomorrow night you're going to start taking hits again. Uh, feeling really good. Uh, obviously, you know, got to make sure I'm make make sure you know I'm taking care of myself. Um, you know, obviously it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of you know mental work this this week leading up to the game, uh, just to try to take care of the body. So uh, it's got to be most of the time. Now you got a game in prime time. You got to stand alone. Not that Thursday night's the biggest one. Sunday night has become the biggest game, uh, but certainly you got a standalone game. So you know. It, any different vibe going into this game? Um, we just got to take it, take it one day at a time, one week at a time. Uh, you know, obviously, what what you did last week doesn't doesn't mean anything in the next week, and uh, you know what you're going to do, you know, two three weeks from now doesn't matter either. So, I mean, we just got to stay locked in, uh, stay focused on, on the task at hand, and, and you know, obviously, the task at hand uh, being uh, the Titans on Thursday. So, uh, just got to move on and, and, and continue to keep working. He got kicked from behind, remember, and it caused his right foot to kick into the back of his left foot and kind of tweak that ankle. So what, what exactly happened there? Oh, yeah, no, nah, he, uh, he, he just stepped on the back of my leg. Uh, got, I think I got cleated like two or three times that game, so it was just, uh, you know, time after time. But, uh, I mean, it's, it was guys just got stepped on, uh, you know, shook it off. Uh, I went back in. So I'm going to I'm going to skip a couple thoughts here but there was one question that was posed to him when he talked about, you know, beating the Cowboys and snapping a five game losing streak. And and then we're we're probably going to run out of time, but I, I wanted to get this one in because what does it mean ending that losing streak and then you get a chance right away to turn back around, you get ready for a Thursday night game, you got a good Titans team coming in, but you get a chance to stack success quickly. Uh, I mean, it feels really good. Uh, obviously, you know, you have a lot, a lot more energy, a lot more, uh, you know, confidence going into the next week when you're when you're coming off a win. Uh, you know, no, no one's dragging their feet. Uh, you know, I think feel like everyone's in the right headspace going forward. And, and obviously, you know, at the end of the day, each week we just want to win. So, uh, I mean, I, that that type of positive energy, energy definitely, uh, I feel like de- definitely does carry over into next week. And uh, you know, he's got to you know, keep the snowball effect going. So there you go. That is uh, that's Christian Watson. You got to keep the snowball effect going. And you hope that maybe you get Randall Cobb back along the way. You hope that things continue to get better. You get a win. Hey, coming up tonight, we're going to talk more about it. Uh, we're going to be down at the Broadstop. 
6 to 8 tonight. The Bill Michaels Huddle is back tonight. The Brat Stop, the historic Brat Stop down in Kenosha. We're going to be there tonight, all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Looking forward to it. Always love going out of the Brat Stop, especially this time of year. You know, you start... Start doing that little knick-knack Christmas shopping along the way. You find some things cool down there in the cheese shop every now and then. Yeah, looking forward to it. See you at the Brat Stop coming up tonight. Until then, time for us to go. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Heading down to the Brat Stop. Have a going. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.